Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach. Because we live in a very resource-rich area, we want to be sure people are aware of the many resources that are available in our community. For this reason, we interviewed two nonprofit organizations on our show so that they can share how they're reaching out and helping by providing a service or support of some kind and ultimately making a difference and having an impact in some way. My first guest today is Al Luzzi, Director of Community Development for the Hope Center in Waukesha. Welcome to the show, Al. Thank you. Good to be here. Nice to have you. Before we get into how the organization is providing for the basic needs of individuals and families in our community, let's first get to know why you're so passionate about the Hope Center. So why? What is it about, about the Hope Center that gets you going in the morning, Al? Well, I, you know, I think, Jill, it may be a question of, of heredity uh, versus environment. Uh, growing up in Massachusetts, I, I found my way to Dayton, Ohio, and I think you and your listeners will, will certainly love this. If not, you can just cut it right out. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, 17 years old, uh, trying to figure out where I was going, what I was doing, um, decided I would go to the University of Dayton uh, because I was hoping to, to follow what I believed at the time was the woman that I was going to spend the rest of my life with. Uh-oh. Wow. Yeah, correct. And, <laughs> not uh-oh, that's a good thing. Well, you know, but, no, you know, no. That tends to take you places you may not have thought of going before. Well, you're absolutely right because, you know, she was going to a small Quaker college just over the line in Indiana. Well, that lasted about a semester. However, I did meet the woman that I – I'm spending the rest of my life with there. So it's oh, it's funny how these things work. But, you know, while at the University of Dayton, I had an internship at the ombudsman's office. Now, this was the joint office of citizen complaints between Montgomery County, the city, etc. But what it gave me was was a taste for attempting to make systems work to the advantage of those who need or are dependent on them. You know, um, it gave me an opportunity and a challenge to see if indeed how I could make an impact in the lives of those I would eventually be working with here in Waukesha. So I think for me, you know, growing up in that area and that time, Um, was something I hadn't thought much about because uh, I graduated in 1970. I know, I know, I'm I'm old. But, uh, you know, 68 was an interesting year. And what I saw on CNN reminded me that, my God, you know, a lot was happening, you know, issue-wise, country-wise, welfare-wise, civil rights. Uh, Not unlike today. Not unlike today. And I think that uh, it's so circular. I didn't know where Wisconsin was. I didn't know (laughs) where Milwaukee was. I, I, you know, just simply had that, that passion. And I think a lot of that, you know, stemmed from the fact that uh, I believe that uh, we are people of the light. I believe that good triumphs over evil. I believe that if you work hard, you'll achieve what you should be achieving. And I believe that 
caring for others is a very important part of who we are, what we are, and our humanity. And I'm happy to say that my career um, has spanned, really, uh, a number of different levels. And by that, I mean I've always worked in the public interest, uh, whether it was locally, whether it was statewide, whether it was nationally. And uh, found it very satisfying to, again, you know, be able to, to provide a service, to resolve an issue, to fill a gap, to contribute to the welfare of the larger community and larger society. So you um, enjoyed finding solutions. Oh, indeed. For sure. Indeed. And, and you know, finding solutions among uh, very different actors within the scenario. Um, you know, oftentimes in trying to work for a solution, it brings different people together because, you know, for uh, a while, I guess you could say I was a consumer advocate, but I didn't know I was, but that's what it was called. And one of the relationships that I had developed over time was uh, with the former president of the Better Business Bureau here uh, and a Brookfield resident. Uh, That's what brought you to Milwaukee? Well, what brought me to Milwaukee, um, and actually this was in Milwaukee, but what brought me here was looking for a job. I mean, you know, it was pretty basic. Um, I had actually started my career in Waukesha when we first came to Wisconsin, spent the majority of my career working in Milwaukee County, and now I am back in Waukesha which uh, I don't know, Jill, what this means. You know, am I coming full circle here? <laughs> it's like, you know, you're back to where you began. But the, the point was with the, uh, the president of the Better Business Bureau, while it would seem that we were on opposite sides of the issue, we found common ground where we could talk about what we believe the solution might be, and actually worked well together. And I think there was a time when he he referred to me, even though I never referred to myself as this, but he said, you know, Al, you're my favorite liberal. Uh, And (laughs) I said, well, Bob, this is great. Um, But, you know, can we resolve the problem that we see we're confronted with here? So I think it was, you know, for me that, that wanting to do good, so to speak, and however that is defined, but to seek that kind of social justice, but also knowing and realizing that in order to achieve some progress in terms of goals and or issues, getting along with people who may not initially have a similar point of view, but trying to talk it through and looking for those reasonable solutions to very complicated societal problems. So it's, um, it's been fun. Uh, I've enjoyed it uh, tremendously. Uh, Wisconsin is my home. And um, how do you say that with uh, extreme confidence? I do. I do. Because, you know, I. Wisconsin is my home? Question mark? Or uh, no, Wisconsin no, is my with, home? Exclamation point. Uh, exclamation point. There simply you because, um, you know, we did a lot of very different things here. And by that, I mean. You know, one of the experiences I had was being the, you know, the first publicly elected director of the Citizens Utility Board here in the state of Wisconsin. And um, so Wisconsin has is, is been a state very proud of, uh, very happy to be here. I'm happy to say that uh, my two sons and their wives are Wisconsin natives, even though I'm the transplant. I'm the foreigner here. Uh, but but they are. And um 
Love it. And, you know, Wisconsin, I found to be a, a very interesting state in terms of um, very schizophrenic, I think. Uh-oh. Politically oh, okay. uh, and okay. issue-wise, at okay. times, uh, you know, with battling Bob LaFollette and tailgunner Joe McCarthy, uh, all all within the same state boundary. I mean, how how different are we in terms of diversity of opinion and thought? Uh, which I think is certainly something that I look forward to and continuing to participate in. So all this experience, uh, I believe mm-hmm. all things for a reason, all, you know, your, your journey has taken you to the Hope Center. And so how, how did you get there? It has. And it why? has. And, you know, when you say all things for a reason, you know, um, and I say to myself uh, every now and again, uh, you know, uh, Lord, have mercy. And I can hear in my mind the Lord saying, well, no, Al, you've not been punished enough. <laughs> and I, I, I think uh, Lord's probably right. Uh, but what brought me to the, the Hope Center was a, uh, my son, actually, who was on the board of directors here, who oh, had okay. been at the Hope Center on the board of directors, uh, indicating that, indeed, um, the, the board and the center was looking for some help within the community development area. And uh, I was more than, than happy to come back, so to speak, and, and to be here and to begin my career uh, here uh, over the last three years with Hope Center. Okay, so all those things that you have learned have certainly been helpful in dealing with uh, people, people and, uh, that are dealing with poverty and homelessness. Yeah. Uh, certainly. Um, well, Waukesha County is not typically an area that people associate with poverty and homelessness, but stay tuned to hear just how many people need services and some ways that the Hope Center is helping. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Al Luzi from the Hope Center of Waukesha. Okay, so we said that Waukesha County is not typically the first county people think of when we talk about poverty and homelessness, but it is a real issue. So how many are we talking about, Al? We're talking about more people than will fit into the new Fiserv arena. So if you know, yes, it is. And if you know how many can fit into that arena, I can tell you there are more. And that more is just over 20,000 men, women, and children either living in or near poverty in Waukesha County right now. Wow. This moment as we speak. Wow. And again, I think people understand when you talk about Milwaukee County. Correct. But when people yep. think about Waukesha County, perhaps they're not thinking in those large of numbers. But oh, that's absolutely right. Yeah. So absolutely in what right. ways does the Hope Center minimize the poverty-related risk factors that contribute to poverty and homelessness? Well, and, and one of the things, and I think, Jill, you'll appreciate this as a quick sidebar, and Maybe not, but who knows? Uh, you know, when I first came here, the objective of, of Hope Center was stated as the ending of homelessness. Well, quite honestly, uh, I think my colleagues could hear me knocking my head on the wall and banging it on the table because if we could find an answer to resolve homelessness, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be talking about this. It would be a great place to be. But with regard to the relationship between poverty and homelessness as it exists, and that relationship being defined as one's inability to acquire or obtain the basic necessities of life, food, clothing, and shelter, 
I realize that the the niche and the issue for Hope Center has been looking at and providing those supportive services that help, as you had mentioned, minimize the poverty-related effects that contribute to homelessness through our programming that I know we'll talk about, but also the broader uh, cooperation with the homeless network as it exists within the county. Because really, you know, we do three things, and we do three things well, and that's in our program areas. But we also realize that we can extend our reach and impact the issue of homelessness and hunger within Waukesha County by further cooperation with other organizations. I mean, what a business theory, isn't it? Right, right. Know what you do, do it well, and cooperate with the larger network. Yeah, I well, mean, and collaboration is a, is a, uh, <clears throat> a concept that mm-hmm. is discussed uh, quite often. I go to a number of events out in the community, and they talk about how can we make our, our county uh, more effective? How can we right. make people more successful? And they said we need to collaborate more. There's so many resources yep. out in this area. Yep. That, as you said, many organizations that do things well, let's then work with other organizations that right. do things well and bring a, a, a common. See, and I think some of that public. collaboration, you know, takes advantage of a very simple fact that by ourselves as an organization, we cannot impact that very larger problem. But working together, if we each do a part of it, we make progress. Right, exactly. So let's talk specifically about the services. Yep. What are some of the different uh, ways that the Hope Center helps? Well, one of the things that we do is we do have a breakfast program, a lunch program, a dinner program. And on an annual basis, Jill, we will uh, distribute and serve well over 40,000 meals That's really during the course of a <laughs> that's year. That's impressive. I think I saw on your website 12,000 breakfasts, yep. 21,000 lunches, 13,000 dinners. Correct. Uh, that's really something. So 40,000 over the course of a of a year, of a year. annually. Okay. Yep. Wow. Yep. And then <clears throat> excuse me, anybody can come. Yeah, that is absolutely correct. Anybody uh, who needs a service that we can supply is welcome at the Hope Center. There is, of course, no charge for any of these services. But also, when we talk about, for example, the the meal program, our food programs, um, there are at least over 125 other organizations that we'll work with throughout the county. Uh, Some of them volunteer groups that will come in, provide a meal. Uh, One of our our biggest, uh, I think, cooperative relationships, and I I think our listeners will love this, is is working with Rogers Memorial Hospital out in Oconomowoc, because one of the things that they have have done is to take the food that they do not use during the course of a week, freeze it, put it in a sub-zero on the loading dock. Our volunteers from St. John's will go out, pick up that food, bring it back to the Hope Center, and serve that food uh, as part of our programming and part of the meals that we serve. And I think the important issue here is that the quality of the food that is served at the Hope Center uh, is the best available that we can find. Because when you're working with a population with numerous health problems, ranging from uh, diabetes, being overweight, high blood pressure, uh, you don't need to be serving 
inadequate or nutritionally void foods. So we we try indeed to serve the best we can, but again, working with cooperatively that broader network to bring those resources together. Yeah, that's that uh, collaboration piece. And actually, uh, in the second half of our interview, we're going to be talking with uh, one of the organizations Mm -hmm. that you work with. Um, there is a clothing store that yes. I have uh, been yes. able to tour. I've been out to your facility a couple of times. Uh, we donate to your organization, and the clothing store is is pretty impressive. Tell us about that. Yeah, it, it is. You know, uh, during the course of the year, uh, well over 110,000 articles of clothing will go out the door. Uh, that'll be just about 99,000 what we would call standard articles uh, 8,000 pairs of underwear and 10,000 pairs of socks. But I think, you know, what also makes, I think, that, that clothing center unique and what we try and do is to set it up like an actual shopping experience. Because those who are coming to the, uh, the Hope Center, whether indeed it is for food, whether it's for clothing, whether it's for our Project Move, are in need. And one of the things that people do not need to be doing is ferreting through boxes of mismatched shoes Mm -hmm. or articles that aren't properly presented. Because one of the things that we attempt to do is to provide clothes that people can wear when they go out job seeking or business interviews. Uh, Clothing for children uh, occupies about 43% of the clothes that go out of that shop. And it's important for children that we serve and families that we serve, particularly the kids, to have adequate clothing to go to school. Because I think, as we all know, sometimes children, either knowingly or not, can be very cruel to other children. Right. And, and, you know, being able to have, you know, clothing to go to school um, is important for us. And one of the things in terms of these numbers that I I think listeners will appreciate is we have a barcode system where everybody who enters the building is registered. We're able to keep track of, for example, the number of clothing items that people will obtain through the clothing center because basically uh, we allow every person to, to get 10 articles of clothing per month. Uh, per family member. So a family of four, obviously 40 articles of clothing during that month. But we're able to track that. So at least the numbers are valid um, and putting things together. Okay. And coats, I think, are important. Uh, Absolutely. Kids and adults. Absolutely. Along with socks and underwear. because new, if new, indeed, new socks and underwear. Uh, <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Because if one is lacking the ability to clean or wash... Those are the things that get worn the most. Exactly. <laughs> what about home necessities? You have something called Project Move. We do. Tell us about that. We do. Project Move will help those who are living in shelters or moving into transitional living situations by providing furniture for them, basic furniture. And I think listeners will appreciate the fact that as a program grows, you start to learn more because initially Project Move would simply collect furniture make it available to those who need it. And if one could not get that mattress on one of the Waukesha County public buses, what good is the furniture we're giving you? So now what we'll do is we'll actually deliver and set up that furniture as well. Because I I think for us, the, the analogy is, you know, what good is that apartment or home if you don't have a table? 
But what good is that table if you can't put food on that table? What good is a business interview or a day at school if you're not properly closed? So indeed, those areas, you know, kind of overlap, bring our services together and make us who we are. Okay. Um, Well, we know that there are some other neat programs that you Mm -hmm. have out there, and and I would suggest people go to your website to get further information. Uh, There's so much more to learn about the Hope Center, and um, I think uh, if you can share where they would go to get that information, maybe they have a a desire to... to, donate something or to volunteer their time you, you need volunteers yeah, as well absolutely um, where would people go to get uh well our hope center uh website is www.hopecenterwi.org and i would also encourage you know listeners who want to come and visit the hope center to do so uh and don't worry about setting up an appointment uh come unannounced and catch us in our full glory uh, not the well-run machine that we have here. Uh, but, but that's okay. But yeah, that's okay. And a difference. And who we are and what we are. Yeah, that's important. Thank you, Al, for helping us understand just how many people there are in Waukesha County that can use our help either through various donations or volunteering. Yes. And let me just add, though, Joe, that in terms of those number of, of people, those 20,000 that we talked about earlier, even though the number is staggering, I can also say that the donations and the volunteers from Waukesha County are so benevolent. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's incredible. So on the one hand, you've got a, a tremendous need, uh, but also, you know, feel proud, Waukesha County, because you're fulfilling that need. So, you know, thank you for all of those who donate, uh, who volunteer, and uh, we've had uh, annually over 1,500 volunteers Uh, donating numerous hours in various leadership uh, roles. And as a matter of fact, one of our volunteers at the Clothing Center this year won the Green Bay Packers Give Back Award for volunteerism. Uh, There were just about 1,500 entries throughout the state, and she was one of 10 that was chosen. Wonderful. And for her volunteerism. For her volunteerism. And using her time and talents. That is absolutely to correct, to That's give back. Great. That's great. Again, we talk about the working relationship with other organizations, how important that is to uh, help support uh, the missions. So stay tuned to hear from a local food pantry on how they're working with the Hope Center, as well as helping to provide food, hope, and dignity to county residents in need. We'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. My next guest is Karen Treadwell, who is the executive director of the Waukesha County Food Pantry. Thank you for being here today, Karen. Thank you. It's always nice to be able to tell our story um, out in the public. Absolutely, and we're excited to to hear about how you're making a difference. You know, of the essential items in a household budget, the grocery bill is the most flexible, right? I mean, we can't pay half of our mortgage or our rent or bargain shop on our utility bill. To make ends meet, we cut corners on what we eat or we skip meals, and sometimes the cupboards are bare at the end of the month. Some people are blessed enough to have family and friends to help them through, but many don't. And that's where our food banks and our food pantries come in. 
So I understand that the Waukesha County Food Pantry started in 1978 in the basement of a volunteer's home and that now you serve over 5,700 residents a month. That's really impressive. So, But other than that impressive number of people that you're helping, Karen, what was it about the food pantry that moved you to get involved? You know, those questions come frequently, and I never really have the best answer because I think so much of what I learned about our community and my own upbringing and the world at large really led me to want to be in a position at the food pantry. And I think back, and I'm probably not too different than many kids where, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? Well, I wasn't exactly sure, but I knew it was hopefully to make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. And um, I was very fortunate to have grown up in a family in which um, volunteerism was a very big part of what we did. I didn't realize how much of a part it was until I observed other families who maybe were involved or in other cases not involved at all. And so consequently, this kind of service um, orientation was built into my upbringing. And then when I was an adult, I was married and um, not in a good marriage and ended up divorcing and becoming a single mom. And in your introduction, you mentioned how um, so frequently people do have family and friends who can help. I did. I was very, very fortunate. My family was extremely supportive. They helped in any way they could, emotionally, financially, Um, But I recognize that there were a lot of people who did not have that sort of um, gift. Right, right. And um, shortly after I was divorced, um, I was sent to Haiti through my church on a volunteer mission. And I was so excited by the benefits that were brought to this extremely poor country through volunteerism. And the volunteers were largely from other countries, primarily the United States and Canada, but other countries as well. And I kept thinking to myself, if people can go to a country like Haiti and make such an enormous difference, what are nonprofit groups and volunteer groups doing in our own country? Mm-hmm. And I, I was uh, director of a children's daycare at the time, which I loved, but I felt like I needed to be involved with a, a broader mission and something that... Um, was was more in line with with the volunteerism and with the nonprofit and NGO world, and um, eventually I ended up um, at the food pantry. And the thing that I loved about that potential at the time and the reality reality of it now is that on a daily basis, I get to work with volunteers. I get to work with the people we serve. I get to work with the donors. Um, when I started in 1997, our budget was about a quarter of a million dollars a year, and now it's close to $4 million. Wow. And um, much of that is food, sure. um, which is phenomenal. We, we were serving about 2,000 people a month, or a little under that back when I started, and now we've grown. And um, our staff does an amazing job organizing and mobilizing donations and so forth. And so through the years, I have seen that incredible impact through nonprofit, through volunteerism, through a call to action. And um, I wouldn't want to be any other place. It's been 
an incredible place to be and to work and um, to see what, you know, that trite saying, but so very true, um, what a group of people together can can rot, you know, within a community um, for the good. And um, the grace of the people that we serve and our volunteers is inspiring each and every day. Um, there are times when people in nonprofit get burned out. Um, I'm no different. But um, knowing that we have this refreshment of um, a new day, you know, and, and seeing and hearing something new and inspiring um, lifts me out of it pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, I imagine it's very gratifying and fulfilling when you are having an effect or an impact on people uh, with regard to something that impacts them every single day. I mean, we have to eat. So, I mean, exactly. We, yeah, 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 it's not, uh, and, and I'm not discrediting any other organizations that, and the wonderful work that they do, but this is something that you have a need every single day. You're exactly right. It's not like if you get the winter coat, um, you need another one the next day. If you get the meal on Monday, you're still going to need meals on Tuesday. And so um, to that end, we're open six days a week because we want to try to be there for people as much as we can and ensure that they have some options with which to get their food when they need it. Um, but and what yeah, day are you not open then? We're not open on Sundays. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to to make it known that um, everyone can help. I mean, you depending on what your um, resources are, I guess, and the time that you have, uh, and we can talk more about that in the second segment, but certainly knowing that um, to donate a can of soup or a you know, box of macaroni and cheese or something, you know, we all can do that. It's something that everybody has the power or the ability to do. Oh, I agree. And and we have seen um, some of the schools in our community that are lower income who still want to participate. And a number of years ago, um, I created a, a project called Coins for Calcium. And the kids brought pennies. And um, I think there were other coins as well. But we specifically said pennies would be great because we figured out how many pennies it would cost for a fluid ounce of milk. Okay. And we wanted it's tangible then, it, right? exactly. Yeah. And we wanted the kids to understand that they could make a huge difference. And um we were able to enlist the help of a grocery store and a local bank to match their funds. And so through this this coins for calcium, ultimately I think we were able to um raise more than two thousand dollars to buy milk for kids in need. Wonderful. And um, you know the classic story of kids uh, taking the couch cushions off of the the couch to look for coins and um, picking up coins on the street and things like that. And and it all made a big difference. And these kids were indeed helping the kids that um, were their own age and kids in the community that needed some assistance. That's important, I think, you know, to to, uh, make it real for the kids to actually be involved. It's wonderful when people donate money, but to actually be boots on the ground and, you know, volunteering your time and, and seeing how you're having an impact, I think that's that's a big deal. And so there's no limit to when the families come in. I mean, you can have a large family. It's just um, depends on how many 
family members are there that determine how much food that you can actually get? Um, we register our families in advance. And okay. so each household, uh, the amounts that they're offered it will be based on the number of people within their registered household. And so then they're able to select the things that work best for their own families. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to get more into uh, specifics on the programs, but, um, you know, it's, it's an, it's a crucial issue. You know, hunger is at an all-time high in Wisconsin and around the world. Uh, in Wisconsin specifically, there's over 600,000 people that are struggling with hunger. And of those 600,000, a little over 200,000 are children. So stay tuned to hear the different programs that the Food Pantry offers to help families combat this issue. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm sitting here talking with Karen Treadwell from the Food Pantry of Waukesha. So the Food Pantry has quite a few different ways that they help. Uh, Can you share some of the ways specifically that you offer assistance? I'd be happy to because I think uh, when one thinks of a food pantry, they think sort of a traditional food pantry in which a a cart might be rolled out from a church closet and people pick food out and so forth, and um, which is extremely helpful. But we know now that a lot of people use our um, services to uh, maximize their, their budgets, and so they're coming to us on a regular basis. So we want to ensure that we're providing really nutritious and helpful foods. So, for example, we started a special diet program which provides the types of foods that one might need if they have high blood pressure or uh, diabetes or um, maybe sensitive to gluten or have allergies or things of that um, nature. Give us some ideas on what specifically, you know, for your special diets. If people are saying, okay, I have a medical condition and I'd like to help someone else in my situation, what are some, what's an example of something that would be? So... Interestingly enough, since we've begun our kind of um, segue or or move toward more nutritious foods for all of the people we serve, the special diet foods, interestingly enough, um, aren't quite as critical as they used to be because all of our clients are now able to pick from healthier options. Oh, nice. For example, um, we have um, tried to encourage people to donate whole grains, like it might be instead of just white rice, brown rice or quinoa or um, millet or or things of that nature. Um, The canned fruits and vegetables that we purchase are always low-sodium and uh, fruit either packed in water or light syrup. Um, sometimes in its own juice, interesting um, to me to find out was that when it's packed in its own juice, it might have a higher sugar content than if it's in a light syrup. So we look at those factors when we're purchasing, and we can also encourage people to donate those foods as well. Um, We are um, also looking at, with the gluten-free items, again, having a variety of different whole grains that... um, can be available for everyone also will help our gluten-free clients. Okay. Um, we find that there are uh, sugar-free drinks that a lot of our people with diabetes may want because they, in some cases, they're watching the carbohydrates in the milks and things like that, and they still want to have something 
other than water to drink. Um, and then that's good for the other people too. So exactly. I mean, you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. Is right, right. And I imagine some things that people donate would be great for school lunches for the kids when the families take those home and they can feed their kids right. you know, their, their uh, lunches during the week as right. well. Um, baby care and personal care. That's another section uh, that you get involved in. We do. Um, in some cases, disposable diapers are actually a key to employment because, for example, if somebody is uh, taking their child to a certified child care center, which many of our, our clients do, they're required to have disposable diapers and wipes for their child. And if they don't, the child care center, if, if they don't have extras to assist the family, they have the right to deny that parent. Oh, I didn't know that. Care okay. for that day. Okay. Right. So we do have those things, um, baby formula, um, baby foods. And it, that stuff's expensive. It is. It I is. I mean, it's been quite a few years since I've had to get to, to buy any, but I do know that it's very expensive. Um, food recovery programs. So to me, the food recovery program is probably the the most unique of our pantry's um, offerings. We glean high-quality edible food from um, commercial resources such as um, um, grocery stores, retail wholesale, food purveyors, manufacturers, restaurants, um, growers, etc. And in addition to um, improving and increasing the types of quantities of food for our own clients, we share that with other agencies. For example, Hope Center, um, we... We provide food to them for their meal site and their drop-in space, um, I think, almost every day. And um, through that program, we also have been able to uh, add lots and lots of fresh fruits and vegetables for the people we serve and for some of the other agencies with which we uh, work. So that's been really um, a a great program because, again, in addition to those extra foods, we're ensuring that... uh, Edible food is not going into the landfill and, and yeah. creating methane gas and other uh, environmentally bad things. I think that's that's important because you know lettuce lasts just for how long? You know, probably a week in your in your refrigerator. And so, if there's a place that you can take that, I read a statistic recently that said recovering five percent of the food people throw away would feed an additional four million people every day. That's right. I mean, that's staggering. Not right. every month, not not every week, but every day, just 5%. That's right. Gosh, that's that's really something. So what what would you say um, are your greatest needs? You, know, you threw out some ideas, uh, baby formula, diapers, which I would never have thought of that. But do you have something that you are really uh, would like to let our listeners know you're, you're in, in specific need of? Well, um, that's... In in some respects, a really hard question for me to answer because frequently people say, what can you maximize the most, food or money? And my answer is yes, okay. yes to okay. both. Um, and from, from a monetary perspective, having been around for 40 years and emphasizing our need for food so passionately, um, we now realize that there are some things that we need to do that will require some monetary assistance um, we may need to enlarge our waiting area because with the volume of people we're serving, we no longer can, we no longer have room for everyone within our waiting area um, as they're waiting to check in and, and obtain their groceries. Um, we found a wonderful computer 
program that will assist us with data collection for our clients, which will help us better serve them as we find out more information. For example, veterans. We have a lot of veterans we serve. There are some wonderful programs and outreach services that we could make a connection with if we had the, the way to better track those sure, needs. Sure. So those that are, collaboration piece that we talk about. Exactly. Yeah. So those are things that we would do with a monetary donation. With foods, I think that, again, our attention to um, healthier food options um, really gives us an opportunity to help our, our uh, donors better understand what we want and why we want it. Um, we serve a, um, about a 40% of our clients are children. We want them to have the right foods to be good students. So um, anything that you, a healthy option that you would feed your child would be something we would want. Um, and is this list on your website? It is. So people can go to your website, which right. is? www.waukeshafoodpantry.org. Okay, or you can just Google the Food Pantry of Waukesha and get there to yes. see a list of what you are looking for specifically. Exactly. And I think it's important to say also, because we have a lot of people that are listening that can donate their time. So um, we're talking about how important volunteers are. So how would you use volunteers? Let's say somebody says, they, I have some time, I have an hour here, an hour there, or maybe a corporation wants to do some kind of um, a program with, with a local organization. Right, right. So all of the food that comes into us, um, we sort it and um, by category. We look for the condition of the packaging and so forth. So we have sorters. Then it gets stocked on our food selection shelves. So we have stockers. We also have people who greet the clients when they come in and check them into our computer system. Um, and then we also have people, we have, call them the frontline volunteers who are assisting with the various food stations with the clients, or yes, the, with the clients to select their, their food options. So each day we have about 30 volunteers that come in and assist with those sorts of things. Wow, okay. Uh, yep, others come in and help with some office work, okay. um, food so drives, things like that. Okay, so we know volunteers are extremely important. Yes. Um, the volunteers don't get paid, not because they're worthless, but because they're priceless, exactly. right? Exactly. Right. So, Karen, thank you for all you do and for the residents of Waukesha County and providing a, uh, a need every day. Thank you. Uh, I want to also thank my guest, Al Luzi, from the Hope Center of Waukesha. Thank you both for providing some basic needs for men, women, and children who just need a helping hand. If you'd like further information about the people or the organizations we talked to today, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. You can also visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to the podcasts, or you can ask Alexa by simply saying, Alexa, play WISN AM 1130. You can also tune in via the iHeartRadio app. There are so many wonderful nonprofits in our area that are having an impact in the lives of people in our community. Join us uh, the next time to learn more about some great people and organizations that are making a difference. We'll be on next Sunday at 10 o'clock. Find one that aligns with your passion and then share your talents and your treasures with them. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a wonderful Sunday.